This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 163 of the Fight Disciples podcast and the first one of 2018. Happy New Year, bollocks. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, Happy New Year if you've been listening to us for a period of time and missed us over the festive period. It's been quite nice actually receiving messages yep. uh, of people saying, Oi, lazy bastards, get yourself back to the studio and do a little bit. Uh, we kind of um, tried to point people in the direction of a radio programme that we did at the weekend, but nobody wanted to listen to it because it was PC, PC and, yeah. and, and the PG version of the Fight Disciples. They wanted the real thing. I actually yeah. had one response saying, listen, I don't want to listen to you two on the radio anymore because you don't swear. You don't tell any uh, stories of uh, filling the bog full of shit. So, uh, no, I'm not interested. Fair Unless enough. it's Fight Disciples, I don't want to know. Fair enough. You had a good Can't Christmas. With that. You had a good Christmas. You can't say you have a good Christmas like I haven't seen you. I've been with you fucking every day, nearly for the but, last five days. Nick, right? The beauty of doing a programme together is that we let people into our lives. People have fallen in love with the stories that you like to tell, like filling the bog up and smoking weed with any idea, Red Hot Chili Peppers concerts and various things like yeah. that. People fall in love with that type of stuff. Now, okay. I know that me and you have seen each other quite a lot over the festive period, so right. I know what you've been up to over Christmas. Oh, right, okay. But for people listening to the show, you yeah. see, that's what I do as the presenter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just setting it up for you to then tell us a story okay. of them where people go, hey, these Fight Disciples lads are all right. I'll subscribe to this shit on a regular basis. Okay. You know what I mean? Do you want me to start that again? Let's start again, yeah. Nick, did you have a lovely Christmas? I had a lovely Christmas, mate. Yeah, nice to see you. Mm. Actually, I didn't have a lovely Christmas. I know you didn't. Go on. <laughs> Tell everybody else as to why you didn't. So, first of all, <clears throat> it starts on Christmas night when my mother poisoned the entire family with Christmas dinner. Tidy. So, about three, half past three, four o'clock in the morning, mm. Boxing Day morning. Yeah. Woke up with the worst stomach cramps ever. Absolutely lashed the lashed the bog everywhere. Get climbed back into bed an hour later. Whoop up again. Stomach going everywhere. What did and, she do? Uh, what did she undercook the turkey? Is that what she did? No idea. Everyone was like, oh, all, all all my mates who was talking telling about it were like, oh fucking hell, she buy a turkey from Tesco. Apparently all the Tesco killed, nearly killed everyone, didn't they? With with poison turkeys. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Can Didn't I just can I just point out if you are listening to this um, and, you're, and you're representative from Tesco, I am nothing to do with what he just said. If you want <laughs> no, to Tesco- sue, if you want to sue anybody, <laughs> Nick Pete at Fight Tesco was a Tesco's finest turkey crown or whatever. They they had to put a statement out on Boxing Day saying we're awfully sorry. No, nah, that's bollocks. Honestly. Honestly, yeah. Was yeah. that just Liverpool one? No, no, well, I don't know. I think it was all over the country, I think, as far as I know. Anyway, it wasn't even from Tesco, it was from another, you know, supermarket. But anyway, yeah, I think it do you know what do you know what I think it was? And, and listen, props to props to Mother Pete, honestly. It was a tremendous Christmas dinner. Absolutely yeah. no qualms about it. It was one of the best. Uh, I didn't tackle me roasty challenge because I just felt too bloated. Maybe that was a, a sign actually of Something wasn't quite right. That I wasn't on my roasty game like mm. I've been previously. If people have been listening to us for over a year, you'll know that uh, Nick has a go at uh, being well nailing a load of roast potatoes on Christmas yeah. Day. He, he set a record, I think, 2015, a few years ago. 18, 18. Roast potatoes. He did 18, yeah, 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 a few years back. Yeah, yeah. Went into a went into a potato coma, but I couldn't even couldn't even get anywhere near that. I think it might have been this brand new cranberry flavored gravy that she'd done, like a hybrid cranberry gra- gravy. In hindsight, yeah, yeah. The only good thing was. The bird eats like a little red robin anyway, so she only picked at it. So she wasn't she wasn't bad, and the kids, you know what? Did we... you just refer to Jane as your bird? That's brilliant. I know she listens <laughs> to the show. She's going to give you lords when she listens back to this. A bird? I called it a, a little red robin. Did you refer to me as a bird on the show as this a little week? Red robin. No, I love it. Great stuff. So, 
she picks out a dinner anyway. She's not a big fan of, of, of Sunday roasts, weird like that. The kids, because the little fella's three and she's one, you know, 18 months, we were like, you know what? Let's not have a big moment on Christmas Day where we're trying to force feed them roast potatoes. Let's make them a nice little pasta bake and they can just have a pasta bake for the Christmas dinner and we're not worried about it. It is what it is. Let's not get stressed out. They can have a couple of pigs in blankets. Done. That is basically the parental um, um, move of sticking an iPad in front of their face just to shut them up so you can enjoy your Christmas dinner. Absolutely. <laughs> it was like, why bother fighting them on Christmas no, Day? No. Just go, yeah, because we know they'll batter a pasta bake. No, no. It's in not, hindsight, though. Nicholas, in hindsight, no, it was nothing what to do with a that. fucking move that was. No, no. Otherwise, you, you've f- done that to get pissed. That's what you've done it for. You've not done well, it I for that. I didn't them. really have a drink. I, I, I said to Jane, because we're at my mum and dad's Christmas Day, her mum and dad's Boxing Day, I said, you know what? Let's do a flip over. You drink at my mum and dad's on Christmas Day. And my dad, good enough as he does, goes out and gets me uh, half a dozen bottles of Blue Becks. Nice. So, not too bad. In the middle of the night at four o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking, this is the fucking Blue Becks. I've never drank a non-alcoholic lager before. This has got to be the Blue Becks affecting me. Anyway, kids are fine. They had a pasta bake. Jane's not too bad. Uh, my little nephew, Callum, little nephew, 21 years of age, this, this kid, university student, doesn't like Christmas dinner, Adam. Guess what he had for a Christmas dinner? 21 years of age, guess what he had for his Christmas dinner? Spaghetti on toast. You're fucking fu- Honest to God. Honest to God. No shit. Sitting there eating spaghetti on toast. And we're all going, you're fucking disgrace you. You're supposed to be a man. Grow up. Have some proper dinner. Spaghetti on <coughs> toast. Christmas dinner. Honest to God. Anyway, didn't he have the last laugh at four o'clock in the morning? So Boxing Day, I rings round and my sister's going, how are you feeling? I said, I was up all night. I've lost about half. This is the other good thing, by the way. I weighed myself before I went to bed. I was 210 pounds exactly. Cruiser. I'm thinking, shit. Literally, and that was the operative word a couple of hours later. By the time I was able to drag myself out my pit on Boxing Day morning, I was 205. Nice. I dropped five pounds. There like you go. That. If so, anybody's listening to UFC and you want to uh, do a bit of weight cutting, that's yeah, what you do. Get yourself eat, a little eat bit of cranberry <laughs> gravy. <laughs> Drop five pounds in about six hours. Easy work, man. So, Easy. yeah, so it was kind of stressful over Christmas because of that. Didn't really get to have a drink on Boxing Day because uh, obviously I was still paying paying the price, paying the piper. Had a couple of days off. 29th had the boys' day out, which was Snake Bites Sunday, even though it was a Thursday. Drink Snake Bites all night. Ended up in that um, Peaky Blinders bar in town. Nice. Not too bad. And then Christmas Eve come, as you know, with two little kids, Christmas Eve means fuck all these days. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Put the kids in bed and... You know, we were, I think me and Jamie were in bed by half past ten as well. Oh, yeah. That was pretty much my Christmas because I've had the flu since. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so. uh, on top of all of that, um, one of the stories that I wanted you to tell is that uh, the wife's been making you actually build the kids' Christmas present oh, for the yeah. last week. Right, yeah. So basically in November, Father Christmas drops off the kids' Christmas present, this big play centre for the garden. And at the weekend, me and TP, the uh, the old man, we finally got out there and we started uh, we started putting some screws So you've had this thing boards. since November? It has literally pissed down. Don't start. Don't you start as well. So it has literally November, pissed down and every you weekend. This week, post Christmas, you post started Christmas. to stick up the Christmas post present. Post Christmas. So we like that a little fella. Should we, get, should we build your Christmas present now? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Be Ghostbusters sets upstairs. I'm like, no, no. Here's your Christmas this, present. This is your here. proper one. This yeah. pile of wood here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we did, we done six hours on Saturday and um, we built uh, a climbing wall and a frame. Nice. So. Probably got about 20 hours left to go. Good luck. Yeah, nice. Nice touch. So, Won't be doing that again, will you, Sunshine? No, because uh, I should have just paid the fellas to fucking build it when they dropped mm. it off, to mm. be honest with you. I was going to have another crack at it on Sunday after we'd been together knocking about in the gym, but uh, it was a... Uh, 
Hang on a minute. You left early to go and do that. I know. So you didn't actually go and do it. Do you know why? Because by the time I got there, Jane's dad had left. And then I said to Jane, I'll ring my dad, but I'm just going to have a little sit down, a cup of tea first because I feel a bit off. You're a lazy bastard, aren't you? You're a lazy bastard. When I eventually rang my dad, my mum was like, oh, he's having a little sleep. And I thought, what? He's having a little sleep. I'll have a little sleep then as well. Oh, man. So the frame is still sitting there in the middle of the garden covered in frost. Unreal. I know. Poor I'd say, kids. I'll tell you something. This is a little bit of advice for anybody. Trying that, to build it by next Christmas. Well done, you. A uh, little bit of advice for anybody that's got young kids or maybe your missus is expecting you're in that situation at this moment in time. So therefore, at this Christmas coming, your child is going to be under the age of one or around the age of one years of age. Don't bother buying them anything, right? There's this thing where everybody gets on their iOS saying, oh, you've got to get them a little bit of something. Listen, trust me, my daughter didn't know fuck all what was going on. She's one year of age. She didn't give a shit about anything. She was more interested in my son's presents. Okay, he's four. You get him the gear, don't you? Father Christmas comes to him. Don't bother getting a one-year-old anything. Just a waste of time. She played with cardboard boxes and wrapping paper. That's all she was asked about. And then started playing with his toys. She didn't even open half of her presents. So so that's my advice for you. Don't waste your cash. They'll never know. They won't hold it against you for the rest of your life. (laughs) Don't bother. Absolutely not. I agree. Wrapping paper, boxes, and you know what else he, he plays with? Mostly on Christmas Day. One of those little uh, fart bags that cost about a pound from nice. the Netto. You know, the things that you put... Whoopee cushion. Yep. Whoopee cushion, they were called. Fart the bags. They're not called whoopee cushions you know, anymore. Are they not? No, I don't think so. Rebranded as fart bags. I think so. Maybe that's just the cheap-ass Netto ones or whatever it was, but... <laughs> Yeah, because Jane had got a load of them to throw them in with, you know, you know what it's like. Stocking filler. When you've got friends who've got babies as well, you basically the unspoken rule is you buy everyone pyjamas. Right. And so Jane threw a little whoopee cushion thing into everyone. We had a spare one. I will just throw it in with Alex's stuff. Fuck it now. He never put it down all day. Little fart bag. Honest to God. Nice, nice touch. Did you catch any fighting over the uh, Christmas period? But Because for people that are just tuning in for the first ever time, uh, to this show. This is a fight show. This is the best sports Absolutely. podcast in the UK of 2017. Uh, we're going to hopefully regain that title in 2018. We're going to have a good go at it anyway. Um, um, so did you manage to catch any fighting over the weekend? Uh, yeah. Seen plenty of fighting. In what, my... what, in Liverpool Town Centre when you're on your night out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. On Snakebite. Uh, I, I watched plenty of... There was that big UFC card was the big... Sta- yeah, but this is the boxing show. We'll do that on the yeah, UFC yeah, 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 show. Of well, what boxing did you watch? I can't even think now. I can't even think straight. We've been spent that long together chatting about boxing and mm. fight sports. Mm. To be fair, there hasn't been much because the big standout performance at the back end of the year was Billy Joe Saunders doing Absolutely. his thing on uh, the 16th. And then off the back of that, we've had a little bit of a lull. And weirdly, this year, if you remember last year, we had Frampton in January, we had yep. the Gale in January, didn't we? So we had two massive monsters to get stuck into right early doors. This year... And, and we, we both said on our review show, so if you've never listened to our review show at the back end of last year, you're going to have a bit of a nosy of it because we were saying that last year in 2017, it was kind of one of those years that wasn't as good as the previous year. We lost more world titles than we won. Some of our lads that did extremely well in 2016 didn't really stand up in 2017. Thank God for Billy Joe Sons kind of saving the day at the back end of the year in order to give us a little bit of momentum going into this year. So January, there's not much to get excited about. Nope. February is when it really, really gets going. Jorge Linares is in action on the 29th of January, which we're dead excited about. And then we've got the uh, Isaac Chamberlain, uh, Lawrence O'Cauley fight, which, start, be a belt which starts off February. And then obviously in the middle of February, you've got Groves Eubank Jr., which is probably the first biggest one in the world of boxing for us to all get excited about. And by the way, we're running a little bit of a competition on that. So if you want to be in Manchester with us on the 17th of February and win some tickets, make sure you like our Facebook page because there's something going on on there. More importantly, like our Instagram page. There's a post on there. Follow all the instructions and hopefully you'll be in the hat uh, for a pair of tickets for that event on February the 17th at Fight Disciples 
on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And like I said, if you've only just tuned into us and you're thinking, who are these two clowns? Um, we are available uh, on iTunes and you can subscribe to us on a on a weekly basis via our website, fightdisciples.com. So with that in mind, with not actually a lot of fighting for us to review mm-hmm. over the Christmas period, there has been quite a few fights that have been made Absolutely. over the Christmas period. Because when we last spoke, I think about two days after we last spoke uh, before the holiday period, um, Carl Frampton's fight with Nanita Donaire was announced. Yes. Um, now, for those that uh, have seen various dates on this, I can tell you that it's confirmed for the 21st of April. It was originally thrown in for the 7th of April. But I think there's a double booking at the SSE Arena in Belfast. That's where it's going. Uh, so it's been put back two weeks. It's the 21st of April is when that fight will take place. This is an absolute cracking. Now, me and you have spoke about this, obviously, without us actually doing this on the podcast. Yep. So we're kind of going to have the same conversation once again. And I've told you, that I think this is perfect timing for Frampton. Absolute perfect timing. Now, I know Nanita Donaire, at one stage in his career, maybe five years ago, was ranked amongst the pound-for-pound best on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. This is a four-weight world champion. He has uh, won seven world titles in his time. He's been in with the best. But if you look at his last ten fights, he has fallen short when he's come up against the best. He's come up against... Rigon Dow, he's come up against Nicholas Walters, he's come up against Jesse Magdalano, and he's lost every single one of those fights in his yep. last 10. Now, don't get me wrong, for 10 years, he absolutely dominated these weight divisions. I just think at 35 years of age, it is perfect timing for Carl Frampton to put an absolute job on him in order to propel us then for Windsor Park and Lee Selby at some point in the middle of the year. What do you say, my friend? Yeah, I kind of listen. I agree with you. I'm not saying for a second that I don't think Frampton's going to win because I think he, he, you know, he goes into this fight certainly as the favourite, and he knows what's at stake as well. He can't afford he can't afford to lose against Denair. But for me, Denair's got tons of experience. You know, he's he, he can bang. He's got the you know he's been he's been abroad and won before. He's won in big fights before recently as well. I think he was he's been in Macau recently, and, hasn't he? Doing a bit. Well, exactly. Well, he too will know how important this fight is. He too knows what's on the table here. Whoever wins this fight gets thrown right into mm. the mix. I think the need to division called him out, didn't he, on social media? I think that's is how it all got started. It was it was one of those where we're all been talking about Selby, yeah, yeah. and we're all been talking about oh, is he going to fight Warrington Selby? Yeah. Leo Santa Cruz have been the names that have been going around with Frampton, and then all of a sudden, Nita Donaire jumps out of, on social media and goes, "Oi, oi, oi! Do you fancy a piece of that?" Exactly. So there's got to be a little bit of something with that as well, where you think Denier has obviously seen Frampton, maybe Frampton's last performance. I thought this is the time to get him. New trainer, still trying to get his, his feet under him, you know, still trying to perform at this highest level, find himself as if in the featherweight division. I'm going to go for Frampton. I'm going to go for him in Belfast as well, where all the pressure will be on Carl Frampton. So Denier's like an absolute superstar. Out, you know, in the Philippines, other than Manny Pacquiao, this guy is like an absolute national hero. The Flash. The Philippines. Is he still Flash, the Flash? Exactly. He's 35 though now, man. Man, is he still the flash? Maybe he's the flush now, the Filipino flush. Because that was his strength, wasn't it? His speed. Of course. And, and obviously, when you're 35 years of age and you've moved up a couple of weight divisions, your speed's not quite the same, but his ring craft will still be there. You know, his, his power will probably still be there. It's the last thing to go, they say. So, I don't know. It's Listen, the problem with this featherweight division is there is no easy fight. This is why we're so fucking excited about it. And this is why we keep saying we need the Sowland brothers to get behind the featherweight division and mm. do this World Boxing Super Series 2018-2019. Featherweight division has got to be in there because of the lineup that you're going to have. Leo Santa Cruz, Frampton, Russell Jr., Mares, Selby, Quigg, Valdez, Warrington, you know, done here. There's, ten, there's at least 10, maybe more, guys that you can argue should be in it. There's only room for eight. And the good thing is, how it's kind of panning out now is 
they're all kind of having eliminators, whether they know it or not. This is like an eliminator for Frampton to make sure he gets into World Boxing Super Series. Warrington versus Selby. I like the way is that an you, eliminator. I like the way that you're saying that the World Boxing Super Series featherweights is definitely happening. I it's like definitely the way that, happening. <laughs> I like the way that you've absolutely Commit nailed that. Up. But just imagine, right? If he does get beat against Nanita Danette, he's out. He won't make. The, if there is a Super Series, yeah. he wouldn't make the Super Series without Frampton. That's mental to think, isn't it? It's insane. Two weight world champion. It's insane. But at the end of the day, mate, you're only as good as your last fight, and at the end of the day. That would mean he's officially not one of the top eight featherweights on the planet. From being the 2016 Ring Magazine yeah. Fighter of the Year, that yeah. is the biggest fall from grace of all time, isn't well, it? Well, it's certainly up there, you know. I don't know about from all time, but it's certainly up there. Chocolatito never had a great year last year either. So. No, he didn't, no. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, choose eight now. You know, let's try and pick eight. I know we, we've kind of done this before, but let you can't pick eight now. Mm. You can't because there's an argument to go, oh, where the fuck is this guy? Put all the champions in then, Santa Cruz, Russell Jr., Selby, uh, Valdez, Marez. Hang on a minute, right, stop. They're all belt holders, well, five of them. I'm, we haven't talked about our New Year's resolutions, and I've got one that I just want to get out. I want to get it out of the system now. Okay. All right? So I've got a New Year's resolution this year. On this show, and you're sticking to this, whether you like this or not, this is not... Wait this, a minute, you said it's your fucking New Year's resolution? I am, mine. I am representing Fight Disciples right now. This is happening. This is a Fight Disciples resolution. This is a Fight Disciples resolution, and we give you this as a pact, right? And every time yeah. it gets flagged up or someone mentions it on this show, I will flag it up, even if a fighter flags it up, okay? Okay. There will be no reference to the IBO... Are you listening? As a world title. As a world title, right? There will be no reference to the IBO being a legitimate world title. So if you are the IBO world champion, in our, Junior. in our eyes, you are not a world champion at this moment in time. Okay? Gosh. There is no legitimacy to it. There are only four recognised sanctioning bodies in our eyes. What about WBA super champion or Wait, whatever? I have not finished yet. Calm okay. you, just bloody calm your beat down, right? IBO is not recognised on Fight Disciples as a world title. As a world title, neither, neither is the WBA regular. Right, that's where I'm at at this moment in time. If you're the WBA super champion, you are the world champion. If you are the WBA regular, interim, continental, whatever they fucking come up with, the WBA, you are not a world champion in our eyes. So at this moment in time. Santa Cruz, Abner Mares are going to go toe to toe to become the WBA champion. Santa Cruz. That's not happening yet, though. I know it's not. Yeah. Santa Cruz <clears throat> is the champion. Abner Mares is a very good fighter. In our in our eyes, Nicholas, on this show, he is not the world champion. Okay, agreed. Yep, <laughs> I'll sign up for that. <laughs> Although when we get Chris Eubank Jr. on the show, yeah, yeah, I will call him world champion. Yeah, but by the time that happens, he will be the WBA world champion. So I'll, I'll go with that. Okay, fair enough. Okay. I'll sign off on that. You okay? We'll have that. There you go. Anyway, unless the on. IBO ring us and say they want to sponsor the show, in which case, oh, I'll fucking tell me. Everyone loves an IBO. Absolutely, can't get enough of that. <laughs> anyway, go back to what you were saying regarding featherweights. You mentioned Mares there. I'll give you Mares because he's probably in that eight, isn't he? Yes. Who's your other three? If you've named five b alleged belt holders, the other three right now. If it was happening right now, and I was literally sitting now around. <laughs> I almost said around the table. What I should have said is around the mirror with the uh, with the Sowland boys. I would pick the eight would be those five. Yeah. Then I would throw in uh, Josh Warrington because he's a massive ticket seller. Underdog. Uh, and undefeated. Ooh, oh shit, who's the five first? Was Frampton in the five? No. He wasn't, was he? Okay, so Frampton's got to go in there. Um, and I would also put... See, the problem is there's a... Uh, Joey Diaz could go in there. 
another American. That's eight then, isn't it? So you've left out Scott Quigg. Oh shit, yeah, I've got to put Scott Quigg in. Well, I hang on a Scott Quigg. I can't take Scott Quigg out. See, don't forget, with, with what we've seen in the World Boxing Super Series as well, previously, they don't like having guys in there that have already fought each other yeah. and beaten each other. Yeah. For instance, being Rocky Field and never made it into, into the super middleweight division because he had Callum a first round blowout against Callum Smith. Yeah. That's why Jamie Cox probably got in ahead of him. Um, so you've got to look at guys who've beaten each other straight away. So with well, that said, minute. with that said, then Leo Santa Cruz and Frampton have been together but twice, but they've got to fight each. So the rubber match is perfect. So that makes even more intrigue. I think there's more chance of Frampton getting in now because he's got a rubber match potential match up with uh, Santa Cruz. So the only one that hasn't fought any of them, Russell Junior. Yeah, he's guaranteed as a guaranteed in. Josh Warrington could be guaranteed in. Uh, Selby guaranteed in. Guaranteed in Selby. Um, see, that's why Joey Diaz is a is a perfect one. The kids yeah, yeah. got an undefeated record, twenty five and zero. Never fought any of those guys. And all these fights that are currently going on, like, like Quig we- could suffer. I think that maybe that's why Quig has put, called for this fight with Oscar Valdez, which is a really tough fight. Obviously, unbeaten Mexican. But if he gets a WBO belt wrapped around his waist, then you can't leave Scott Quig out of a World Boxing Super Series. Well, I was just about to say that regarding these fights that are rumored to be being made. So you've got Leo Santa Cruz, Abdomares, then hopefully. WBA will, will, will see sense and get rid of that one regular belt. belt and we'll just have one belt. So we've got one WBA champion. You've got Quig versus Valdez for the WBO. Which is technically an eliminator. So yeah. if you become the WBO champion, the loser of that wouldn't get into a Super Series, you'd, you'd think, would you? Obviously, yeah. And then you've got... Selby versus Warrington for the IBF, which yeah. is confirmed for May. Well, yeah. Frank said that it's happening in May. I don't May. think they've uh, had a press conference or anything like that and gone no. for it. But Selby, Warrington, which we think Selby will come through. So he's the IBF champ. Yeah. So then Warrington would lose out of a World Boxing Super Series situation, would he not? Yes, he would. Because he's lost. So then by default, Frampton still has to beat Nanita Donaire to get in, doesn't he? Absolutely. Otherwise, Nanita Donaire's going to get in. He's got to get in. And I think we've just got to bear in mind with the World Boxing Super Series as well. We've been we've been spoiled rotten with this super middleweight division. We didn't have anybody. I'm talking Britain now. Britain and Ireland, we never had anybody in the cruiserweight one, yet the cruiserweight one's fascinating. I think we've been spoilt with the with the super middleweight version because we had four in, four of the eight were British. Three legit ones, come on, we knew that Jamie Cox was going early because he's a £154 fighter. What's no, no, but, but still, way? there was four representatives yeah, from okay. the UK right, in there, right. so I, I think to make it the Muhammad Ali trophy, the world, but they don't want another Brit-heavy opener, even though it's all happening in the UK. And I think that might work here. They've got to do featherweight. If they if they announce two weights and one of them isn't featherweight, I'll be fucking really upset because the featherweight division's bouncing right now. I think we've said featherweight and light heavyweight is where we, we would go next. Yeah, yeah. Because light heavyweight, light heavyweight looks absolutely fearful with the likes of Bivol and people like that. In I there. think it's next to impossible to do heavyweight because... Hmm. You haven't got eight who you can trust to get to the actual fight without not being Juke's caught up. with a needle in their ass. <laughs> and plus, the $40 million winner's prize at the end of the Muhammad Ali Trophy, which is why all these divisions are going crazy for it, isn't that much of an appeal to someone like Andy Joshua because he makes fucking more than that now. Hmm. So, rule out heavyweight division. Cruisers and supers, ru- ru- supers rule out because they've done it this year. So, light heavy makes perfect sense. And you say, likes a bit what there's good names in there as well to sell it on the back of. Kovalev, Bivol, you yeah. know, there's there's real guys in there that you can go, wow, that, that's going to be explosive. Plus one or two potential super middleweights that could move up, that would make it interesting. Um, I just think featherweight would be absolutely fucking perfect. There'll be people shouting for welter and various things like that. Of course. That's, it, that's attractive, isn't it, the welterweight division at this okay. point in time. Is it is. 
Imagine featherweight then. We haven't even spoke about the best oh, boxer on the planet potentially coming in. Coming Imagine Lomachenko early. coming in. Oh my lord! If they do featherweight and they go, fancy it, as if Lomachenko is going to say no, he's going to go. Yeah, fucking right, I am. Comes back down. Oh. Anyway, there you go. Um, we're delighted, by the way, for Scott Quigg. We had him on our that radio show that was PG at the yep. weekend, uh, talking Cracker about uh, <laughs> talking about Oscar Valdez. He was telling us it's ninety nine percent done. They haven't signed the contract, but everything's been agreed. Yeah. They've shook hands on it, and it's he gonna... was going back to LA when he Wednesday or Thursday. He Thursday said, he goes back this week. Which yes. he was probably going to sign the contract. So mm. uh, to get all that done, which is great news for him. I mean, to be fair to Scott, <laughs> he's gone tough about... fight. Yeah, of course, it's, of course, it's a tough fight. The kids undefeated, kids and he's knocking kids out for fun. Yeah. Um, but what Scott's done, just away from the Valdez thing, I kind of like what Scott's done. He's been very quiet. He's gone away to America. He's working hard with Freddie Roach. He's just going about his business. He's not made any noise, really. And it's kind of against, it's the antichrist of what we say on this show, isn't it? Yeah. We say, listen, start shouting, start getting on social media, start making a bit of noise. He's done the opposite and just stayed quiet. And maybe that's why he's been given a voluntary effort at the WBO crown. Yeah. Also, don't forget as well, though, Valdez, no one speaks Valdez's name. Mm. You know, the likes of Santa Cruz and, and, and Frampton and Selby and all that. I, I've made any of them speak Call to him name out. Oscar Valdez because he's a, he's a real threat. So in some regards, I think Scott's also been in a situation where he's not in the mix because he's not with Box Nation like the other three. He's not in the mix with Frampton, Selby and, and, yeah. and Warrington. So he's had to find another route. Now, Santa Cruz... And Mares, they've already talked about next. They're going to defend the belts next, and then they're going to fight each other. You know that's already coming together. That so they kind of set up as well. So to get back in the world title picture, this was kind of Scott's only direction. But you know, he knows the kid. He knows him well. He sparred back in March at the or April start of the year. So he fancies the job. And as he was saying to us the other day, fuck a ring, just put it in the phone box. Let's have it. Which is class, which is what Scott Quigg's all about. And mm. to be honest, that's what Oscar Valdez's all about as well. So it's going to be a belter. Could be a potential fight of the year. Absolutely. March 10th in Carson, StubHub Centre in California. Yeah. Um, we're expecting an announcement on that at some point this week. Right? Nice to go over to that. If Virgin Airlines or anyone from BA or anyone's listening, a couple of flights for the Fight Disciples, please. And we'll do a live show from from uh, California. I'd love to be at that fight. I think it'll be a cracker. Fuck that. Scott's nan will be selling the bloody tickets out of her chippy in Berry, chippy, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can buy yourself fish, chips and peas and get yourself a ticket and a flight to bloody California on the uh, on the same <laughs> bill. That's what you want, isn't it? Uh, speaking of fights that we're expecting to be announced this week, it's been going on and on and on. It's uh, it's like one of them, back in the day when you used to have a 56k modem, do you know what I mean? And your, and your computer game would be loading up and it, it, you put sensible soccer on your Commodore 64 or something, you clear off your tea and you come back and it'd be at 90% or something and you'd still got half an hour for it to do that final 10%. That's basically what AJ and Parker has been. Uh, we keep getting told, it's 90% done, it's 92% done, it's 94% done, it's creeping, creeping up. We've been told now that it's 97% done. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Let's just I, record a quick line now and then people who listen to the show can can listen to it or ignore this bit and have the next bit. So isn't it brilliant that Anthony Joshua's finally signed to fight Joe Parker? <laughs> and then fast forward it to the next bit where we say, Oh, it's still not done yet. We're, we're anticipating done. for it to be done. <laughs> we are anticipating that there will be an announcement this week. All right. And the reason that I'm led to believe that it is being held up is because of the American TV deal. There's a, this is right. This is basically happening March 31st in Cardiff. That's when it's happening. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that day in America, because of Anthony Joshua's American TV deal, it will be on Showtime. On Showtime, they show a college basketball tournament which kicks off at 6 p.m. 
in the States. So therefore, Anthony Joshua's fights with Joseph Parker has to be done, wrapped up, off yep. air for 11pm UK time, which is well doable because last time I think in Cardiff and definitely at Wembley, they ring walked at 10. So bang, you ring walk at 10, or sorry, first bell's at 10, crack on, have the fight. You don't anticipate this going the full 12. It might do, but you don't anticipate it doing. You can kiss goodbye, polymelanize, you can slap everybody on the back, job done, you're out, off air for 11 o'clock, get off to the basketball. That's basically what's holding this up at this moment in time. Hopefully that gets signed and sealed this week, yep. and we have a little bit of a press conference and an announcement that we've got a little bit of a unification clash happening uh, on our shores at some point uh, in March. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think that will uh, obviously torpedo us towards... A massive fight, either unification with Deontay Wilder, or if uh, if he can get back uh, a big Tyson Fury fight, beat up back end of the year. He's on his troll game, isn't he, at the moment on his social media. He's big, big Tyson, time. yeah, big time. Yeah, I just want him to get. He doesn't seem like he's losing much weight to me. No, he doesn't. Does he? <laughs> it doesn't look like it's falling off him, is it? So uh, I wish he did a little bit less trolling and a little bit more fucking training. To be honest with you. Um, but he's out in Marbella, as we know, with Billy Joe and a few other guys. He's out at MTK, so he's obviously putting the work in, but. You know, as you get older, Adam, it takes. It's not as easy to get the old timber off. Look at me, even though I've You're had the these over there, Christmas, right? I'm still there. I'm still still carrying a bit of Christmas timber at the moment. So, doesn't come off as easy as it did when you when you were in your twenties. Let me tell you. So he's in his twenties. Get a fuck. Tyson Fury's twenty. Is he still in his twenties? Yeah, I thought he's about thirty-one now. No, he's in his twenties, mate. He's the same age as Anthony Joshua. Jesus, he's fucking had a hard paper round, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> now. Listen, it ain't going to come off that easy, I'm telling you. And he ain't going to go straight. I know he's talked about going straight into an AJ fight. That ain't going to happen. He needs to have at least one warm-up Mate, fight. I'm going to... Yes. Listen, I've been saying this ain't happening until 2019. Forget it. Yeah. It ain't happening this year. Because Joshua's, Joshua, as we said, there's going to be at some point this year... He's got to fight in America this That's year. it. It's going to be a point towards the States. So the... The, Joseph Parker's been a clever little bastard here, right? Because they know this is now the time. It's now or never, really, to jump on the Anthony Joshua train. Yeah. Because he's off to the States. That's where the big dollar is for him with the pay-per-views that can be offered over there. And obviously, Deontay Wilder's waking, uh, waiting too. So jump on it now. They've done extremely well by jumping on it now. Yeah. Get that fight made. Now, again, I've been on record saying this, that it's not as easy as everybody saying that it's going to be against Joseph Parker. We know that Anthony can be hit. He's yep. proven that. Carlos Takam put him under fucking massive pressure, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Klitschko had him going for about five or six rounds uh, in April last year. So it's not a gimme. No, that must make it, that's what makes, for me, that's what makes Anthony Joshua better, though. That's what makes him more entertaining. Yeah, of course. And we, and, so good. and we both fully anticipate Anthony Joshua to come through the Joseph Parker fight and get all the belts that Tyson Fury once held. Yeah. Of course we do. But it's a good opportunity for Joseph Parker because at the end of the day, it's heavyweight boxing. If he lands, he could catch him. And then he's the undisputed. He's the main man in the Absolutely. in the heavyweight division. And the next time they do a negotiation... in the rematch. Of course well, he Well, there does. won't be any renegotiation. It'll just be the immediate rematch. Flip it around. Contract, but... I'll have 60-odd percent. You have 30-odd exactly. percent. Let's do the fight, man. And he'll make yeah. himself a shitload of cash and he'll make himself sorted for the rest of his life. So it's a great opportunity for him to jump on it right now and I think he's doing the right thing for us it's great to see that as well yeah I fully anticipate though by the summer or maybe September October to kick off the new boxing season I fully anticipate Anthony Joshua to be fighting in America I don't anticipate uh, a showdown with Tyson Fury at least for 12 to 18 months no I, and I totally agree with you I think he's got to fight in America that's like literally got to happen I think the Parker fight get it out the way in Cardiff and then I would expect a defence of the multiple belts against a, you know what, it might even be a Perfecton, but it'll probably happen in New York or Las Vegas. You know, he can't just, 
I know he said he loves having the fans and everything else, but you were talking about legacy now and talking about real money, like real pay-per-view dollars. Yeah, yeah. You can't make Floyd Mayweather money. dollars being here, exactly. You've got to go to America and do it. So I fully expect that to happen. And uh, I think, as I say, I think Pavekin could be the guy. He's the New WBA mandatory, mate. Check that exactly, out, Exactly, eh? yeah. Fuck's sake. WBA, man. Have a word with yourselves. That's what, that's what I mean. So if we're not recognising IBO, why are we recognising WBA? Because they're absolutely fucking pile of dickheads. <laughs> I've just said. You just think fucking no. WBA regular? I'm not the boy, am I? It's not a just world WBA title. in general, they're just a gang of dickheads, aren't they? You just ignore the fact that people are juiced up to their eyeballs well, I'm gonna and give, leave them as rank. I'm going to let them have a little bit of history because traditionally the WBA and the WBC are the belts, aren't they? They're the, the, IBF, the, the, yeah. The, well, they're, they're your big boys. Before IBF jumped on board in the late 80s, they were the two belts. They're yeah. the belts that your, your big boys, like your Muhammad but Ali's you, you and people like that. You can work your way. It looks like WBO, you know, I, I would, you know, I would call a WBO champion a world champion. Yeah, of course. But they only came in and... Uh, Early nineties, really. Yeah, yeah. Johnny yeah. Nelson and Carl Zaghi Wait, and listen, people like that. I I ain't denying them now, but what I'm saying is traditionally back in the sixties, seventies, when obviously it all changed over from the NABF and all that type yeah, of stuff yeah. to WBA. Yeah. They were the original belts. The WBA was the, the, the first one. That's why Klitschko held it in such high esteem and he made yep. sure that it was on the cards for the fight in April against uh, Anthony Joshua, didn't he? WBA, in his eyes, is the prestigious one. However, they're just fucking about at this moment in time, creating belts for belts' sake just so they can all make a few just quid. Just make more money. No shit. Talking about making money, or in this case, losing money. Did you, <coughs> did you hear about that guy who streamed the last Joshua fight? Oh, my days. Or he, did you hear his explanation? Yeah, I've heard his explanation, yeah. He was like, I bought the fight, invited the lads around, and one of my mates put put it on the on his iPad yeah. and put it on the and, and had it streaming on his YouTube account via via an iPad against my, you know. Wishes, like, yeah. What the fuck? Sky, didn't, didn't someone hit him with an 85 grand bill? Sky? Sky, Sky <laughs> have hit him with an 85,000 pound bill. Jeez. Obviously, he's not going to pay that, but I think, they get, I think they've settled at something like five grand, but they've taken off his Sky subscription. He can never have Sky again. <laughs> well, then he's probably on Virgin now anyway, so. Because hmm. the fuck? But anyway. you, you've only brought that up because I obviously used some of Sky's material on our social media last Which year. Which is why we got up... kicked off Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Thank fuck we didn't get an 85 grand fine because mm-hmm. I can't afford to pay that nonsense. Jesus. Um, so any um, content that you see on Fight Disciples' new Facebook page is all our own shit. There's yeah, exactly, absolutely yeah. none whatsoever. In fact, I made something the other day, right? And it got um, flagged up straight. Uh, do you know when, I don't know if anybody does this, but when you make a video or you do something for YouTube or social media and then you attempt to upload it, it will bring up if there's any copyright issues with the with the thing that you're uploading, whether it be music or whether it be pictures or whatever it be that, you, that you're using. Straight away, right? <laughs> I put this thing on YouTube the other day to... For, YouTube or Facebook? No, I put it on YouTube um, <coughs> uh, as, a, as a video that I was making for something to do with the UFC. And it had UFC exclusive content in there, and it went straight up. It goes, "This has been blocked." I thought, "Fucking hell, here we go again." This has been blocked because it's exclusive to the UFC. I went, "Turn that down, get it down straight away." <laughs> Woo! Thought the police were coming around to my gaff, <laughs> didn't I? So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm fully aware of copyright law. So anything that you're going to um, catch on our social media at this moment in time at Fight Disciples on Facebook. Maybe Twitter, I'll use a bit of plagiarism. It's all legit. Uh, but on, uh, well, Facebook and Instagram, it's all legit, mainly because they don't allow me to. Twitter, they're slack as fuck. I'll yeah. make anything. <laughs> <laughs> so at Fight Disciples on any of those social medias. Uh, short show uh, today, mainly because there's not that much going on in the world of boxing. But I've no doubt, uh, as we build up towards Jorge Linares at the end of the month and yeah. uh, towards Isaac Chamberlain, 
and uh, Lawrence Cully. By the way, on that fight, I'm delighted that that fight has been made because we spoke last year, didn't we, about prospects wanting to protect their uh, uh, their O, their zero, their undefeated record. Kind of like that these two lads, who have obviously got a little bit of beef, they're on the rise themselves. They're doing it at this stage when there's no world title or major title on the line. They're having a bit of a do at each other. And I kind of like that. I'm not too not too sure of it being a top of the bill situation at the O2 Arena mm. and that being the main ticket seller for fans. Yeah. But I kind of like that these two are fighting each other. It's a big old venue, isn't it, for, for what this is? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it... it's a, for me, it's a York call fight. Yeah. It's not an O2 Arena fight, but I'm cool with it happening. As long as it's happening, that's the main thing. I think you're right in a lot of ways, um, you know, it, about the level kind of thing. But it is a great fight. Uh, there was supposed to be a press conference on Monday and it got cancelled. So that worries me slightly because usually when press conferences get cancelled, it means... Uh, was what, that one cancelled or was that one cancelled for the Untouchables thing? The Untouchables, wasn't that the same Isn't that the same? No, card? that's the Anthony Yard thing. That's oh, the uh, Daniel Dubois. That's been cancelled, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's so, been pulled a little bit. Yeah, so hopefully that doesn't mean one of those guys are injured or whatever. But uh, but yeah, it's a great fight because you know these are the fights that as fans we're calling for. We want to see these fights much earlier. There hasn't got to be a world title on the line for two British guys to fight. Do you know what I mean? Let's just fucking get it on. It reminds me when Rocky Fielding fought Callum Smith in yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know what? Let's just do it. And one of you gets a, or is springboarded towards a world title shot and gets a, a top ranking with the WBC. And one of you just takes a step backwards and has to come back again. There's no harm in it. This is a good thing about MMA's impact, I guess, is the fact that there's no emphasis on winning records in MMA or certainly nowhere near as much as there is in boxing. And mm. You know, I think there needs to be far less emphasis on an undefeated record because it means fuck all. All it means is that you're not learning as much. On um, on uh, young prospects. Who'd you we... fancy, by the way? Why in that fight? I know we're going to talk about it in the, in the build-up, but which way are you going? You're going to Coley or...? I'm going with the Olympian. I'm going with Coley, yeah. Yeah. And he's been on our show and he's a sweet guy, isn't he? He's, he's got bags of personality, so yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Because I'm easily fickle like that. And then when Cham- and then when Chamberlain knocks him out, I'll be going, oh, I said Chamberlain all day long, didn't I? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how I work. <laughs> um, just on prospects, by the way, we obviously made our predictions in our review show yeah. uh, for the big boys to stand out in 2018. I've gone for Reese Bellotti. You've yeah. gone for Jordan Gill. Yeah. Um, I uh, I love the facts as well, right? Just first of all, Reese. I know you listen to the show now, mate, because obviously making that prediction straight away is on the social media too, mate. Yeah. Gets the old following, gets in the DM. It all goes down in the DM, buddy. He's uh, giving me a little bit of a big up there. I said, don't you worry, sunshine. You keep knocking him out, bomber lad, and I'll keep putting you on the show. All right? Simple as that. So good luck, Reese, in 2018. Um, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Caldwell gave you a ring after uh, off the back of listening to the show, did he? He did. Mr. Caldwell messaged me and was like, oh, he rang me and was like, tremendous. Thank you so much for pe- picking young Jordan. Wonderful insight. I'd expect nothing less. And I was like, "Well, you know, Dave, you know." What me. do you mean? You got tipped off by bloody Bell. You, Bell, you told I'm you to just, do it. I'm not like Adam who just watches fucking Sky Sports and waits to see whoever's Fuck co-main yeah, event. Some yeah, young superstar who's co-main go. events yeah. every other week. Mm. I do my own work. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. go small hall. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. find the kids with real yeah. momentum to inform. To let the fight disciples yeah. know. So you didn't. There's a level below. So you didn't phone Bell. event you live on Sky Sports Shush. every you, week. You didn't phone Bell you up and go, hey, is there anybody in your gym that's doing a bit? Yeah, Jordan Gill, get on him, right? No worries, I'll get on him. Then you turn up at the show and you say, my prospect of the year, I've been following him for the last two years in the amateurs. Now he's turned pro, he's doing a bit. Here's Jordan Gill. Did that happen or did that not happen? That's absolutely what happened. <laughs> But the, the most exciting thing is, and we laughed, we talked, we said, this was, when we announced it, we went, 
oh, disappointingly, Reese is a featherweight. Jordan Gill's a super featherweight. Yeah. Shame because in 2000, start of 2017, we both picked guys in the same weight class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, it didn't quite happen in the end, but we were like, imagine it amazing it'd be if these guys actually fought. Mm. Well, Dave Caldwell tells me, Jordan Gill's only moving down to featherweight, Fuck son. So both our prospects are in the same weight division. And I'll tell you now, yeah. bit of inside information from yeah. Sheffield, from Jordan Gill camp. Yeah. We are not afraid to take the Ross B- Reese Bellotti fight, son. Hmm. We are not afraid to take that fight. I'm not surprised because you're fucking uh, a super feather. You're not a bloody featherweight, are you? You know what I mean? You're massive. No, no, no wonder you're not afraid of it. Do you know something that will be a great fight because it lines up beautifully. Jordan's a fantastic boxer, mm-hmm. and Reese has got bags Big of power. Puncher. Oh, mm-hmm. mate, I love fights like that. Yep. I love fights like that yeah. because what I want to happen is your boy to obviously outbox him for a good 10 rounds. So I can get all gloaty and yeah, nice yeah. and throw popcorn you, at you. Yeah, exactly. You'll be all over me ringside. You'll be giving it to your boy's getting schooled here and then all of a sudden in comes a bomb. Boom! Good night. Uh, anyway, wish both of those boys Absolutely. the very best. Absolutely. Huge years, yeah. Uh, 2018 and we'll be following you. How amazing it would be if, he, if they ended the year with a big showdown, a big domestics clash maybe for the British title or something like that. Be tremendous. It will be. Uh, keep subscribing to us because we've got loads of content coming your way. Um, there's loads on our uh, all our social medias at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to this nonsense uh, on a day to day basis uh, via iTunes. Uh, just look out for Fight Disciples, and we're available on fightdisciples.com. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.